0: Are technically those good old-fashioned values, the first and hopefully last Family Guy Analysis podcast on the internet. But this week, um, we made the creative choice, and it was not at all informed by the fact that our uh, ability to record part two of season 10 is absolutely cursed yeah. by Two God. records,
1: neither one worked, and we might be going on three. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we decided to change things up this week. We always planned that after we were done with family guy we'd have a contingency plan like maybe we'd move on to a different show whether or not it was seth McFarlane. but i decided to get us started early and dive deep into some of other yeah. some other seth projects
2: i mean we may be the world's first and only uh family guy analysis podcast but you know there's only so much yeah. family guy to analyze um, I mean, you know, yeah and yeah.
1: And there's no shame with being also the first American Dad analysis podcast and the first Cleveland Show analysis podcast. We're just pioneers. There's a little shame
0: shame. in that last one. Yeah, listen, (laughs) if
1: we're making money off it, I'm not ashamed.
0: Um, So we decided to go into American Dad since American Dad is easily the second most beloved Seth MacFarlane product. And
2: I would say the most highly regarded.
0: Yes, most highly regarded. Yeah, American Dad is an interesting show in different ways than Family Guy. When it started out, it was like, had to actively try to break away from Family Guy and sort of escape its shadow, which is funny now because like every show, every animated show on TV now looks like Family Guy and no one, I mean people care, but no one like cares, cares. And it underwent its own interesting evolution, because unlike Family Guy, which just, like, turned into this, like, Dadaist, surreal, just...
1: A a cavalcade of comedy, you might say.
0: Yeah, uh, American Dad uh, became more interesting and unique, and I haven't caught up with the newer stuff, but from what I've seen in later seasons, it just gets more and more interesting and fun. And and character-driven.
2: Character-driven, yes. I, I I, think... Here's the big difference, I think, between American Dad and, and, and Family Guy. Uh, Family Guy got worse when it entered the Obama years. American Dad got better when it left the Bush years. Hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, I could
0: see that. Yes. So, uh, this is going to be both uh, our analysis of season one, which is... American Dad has weird production seasons, but this is the first seven episodes of the series. And, uh we're going to do our analysis of season one as well as give our sort of own personal histories with the show. Just uh, just want to point out, Happy Little
2: Coincidence the same amount of episodes as the first Family Guy
1: season.
0: Yeah,
2: it's fun. Yeah. Um, so, Andy, what's your history with American Dad? Uh, well... A lot less complicated than Family Guy. Family Guy I got into as a kid and watched a lot of it. Didn't really do that with American Dad. Didn't really come into it until after, you know, I came into Fam back into Family Guy over the past like two years or whatever. Um and, and I immediately started recognizing once I watched it as like, eh, this is probably like a better and more traditional, like structured show. I think American Dad's interest is that it's it's one, it's less obsessed with cutaways. Like, I think later seasons yeah. don't have any proper, like, traditional Family Guy-style cutaways. The other is, I think, is... I mentioned a lot in, like, um, Brian and the, the Stewie Kills Lois and stuff of, like, oh, man, I kind of wish, like, the show had stronger ca- character dynamics. I think my big... The reason why I like American Dad more is because it has the character dynamics that I look for in a lot of more... In, in a lot of Family Guy's more narrative-driven right. episodes. Hmm. Like it has yeah. more of a, a tighter continuity, almost. Not not saying it's like like Futurama or like an actual narrative driven show, but it, it it feels more like like more it, like a, it, it, a, a stri- it
1: respects it respects plot more. I see where you're coming from. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. It also is very much structured around like. B-plots are, you could, like, with, with with Family Guy, something that, like, we kind of criticize shows for, is that everyone sort of sticks in their groups. You have Brian Stewie episodes, you have Megan and Chris episodes, you have Peter and Lois episodes, you have Peter and the Gang episodes. With American Dad, they can sort of yeah. mix-match the Smiths a lot more in, into, like, different B-plots, and they work much better as yeah. a family unit. Anyway, I'm gonna... That was a bit too yeah. long, so I'm just going to pass it on someone yes. else. Um,
0: Ty, how about you? What's your uh, history with American Dad?
1: So I, I think I technically uh, watched Family Guy before I watched American Dad, but because of whatever my schedule was as like a you know young teenager, American Dad is the one that I caught on Adult Swim more often, and then on TBS. Um, so I, I think that like family guy will always have like a like a formational place in in my you know understanding of adult animation but I think American dad is like more more in and more ingrained you know or, or like I, I have I have invested more psychic weight into like as a teenager you know watching and understanding and like, you have
2: a nostalgic kind of, connection yeah.
1: To it's the show. it's like I, I don't remember any episode of Family Guy as much as I remember Rapture's Delight, you know, or or um, which is yeah. by the way, well, when we yeah. get to that one of the best episodes of animated television ever made. But uh or or the huh. uh, the episode where Stan goes to heaven and has to sit on trial. You know, it's like it's that stuff where it's like that stuff is yeah, that yeah. stuff is formative to my understanding of like this world of adult adult animation in a way in a way that Family Guy just never I didn't watch it at the right time, like for it to become that for me.
2: Okay.
0: Interesting. My uh my history with American Dad is that I watched it at a friend's <laughs> house at an overnight party. Uh it was what we put on Netflix. Yeah. That's it. I watched a lot of it that oh I also watched it at my friend's beach house
1: okay so you're so you're kind of like you should be leading this conversation yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely I, I um I have absolutely I remember liking it every time I watched the show it's just like it just never really well glad be, this
2: podcast can give you the opportunity to watch something you've been meaning to put on your backlog you know
0: yeah yeah no absolutely
1: do we want to talk about the season in general do you think or
0: yeah? So, I'll go first, since I have no experience with the season whatsoever. Um, I watched the first three episodes and kind of hated it. Hmm. Like, not hate is really strong. Right. It's, it's not like the type of visceral, offensive hate. It's more like, this is just the most, like, nondescript, boring thing I've ever seen. And I was really just, I was ready for this... Recording session to be, like, just me being really pissed for an hour. Right. Then I watched the last four episodes, and it grew on me a lot. Um, it finds its footing remarkably fast. And I feel like once it figures out what it wants to be, which to me seems like The Simpsons' writing style, which is very clever, but with Family Guy's really dark, um, you yes. know, edge, then gets this really, really brilliant groove in and it culminates to me with the last episode with the perfect final line, which is just, ah, it's so good. Anyways, you all can, uh, Ty, why don't you give your thoughts on this first season?
1: So I, I, if anything, because I already liked the show, I was kind of hooked or like I was enjoying the season by, I think probably episode two on this rewatch, but the, thing, the hmm. thing that I like about American Dad is, and it feels weird to say, especially because, like, it has really become one of the weirdest shows on television, but it feels a lot more grounded to me than uh, Family Guy does, if only just because it has, like, a baseline level of respect for its characterization and, like, the actual, you know, plot and, like, mechanics of its world, but... The, the one thing that I found really interesting with the first season, and I wish that they had kept it going for the entire runtime, is how every episode kind of like, or maybe not every episode, but a number that is like notable of the episodes is that like their plot revolves around not the kind of, you know, conservative uh, alpha male posturing that it kind of falls into making fun of, but like specifically like the abuses of power in the wake of the Patriot Act and like the, you know, the American people's. Oh yeah. yeah, This
2: is very much a like family guy is a show that made a lot of Bush jokes. This is is a show about me. And and it
1: really, and I do think that it comes with like, maybe it's just these specific writers, but I think it shows something about the way that the American people in, you know, kind of, by the time that the Iraq war has started getting to be a chore, kind of started at at least questioning the, you know, overwhelming power of the American empire. And I think that, I think that, you know, they kind of necessarily had to fall out of that, but it really struck me on the rewatch to see like how many of these episodes, you know, have Stan just like literally bringing in a CIA strike team to like kidnap somebody to fix his problems or like, you know, or, or we'll get to it. But the whole uh, building a Guantanamo Bay in, you know, the back, his backyard.
0: Andy, what did you think of the season?
2: Well, so first off, I want to say I, I I'm probably the second most. Of- experience with American Dad on this show, but I haven't actually seen a lot of season one and season two. My stuff is more like season, season four five, and five, season, yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, once the show really finds its groove. So, a lot of this was awkward. I do want to establish one thing, and I think we sh- should have established this a earlier. Well, I do have problems with this season, it is a better, like, first season than Family Guys. Oh, so. by
1: far. Um, by far. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, oh, my God.
1: Especially because Family Guy, like, even by the standards of just normal television, had a pretty weak first season.
2: Yeah. Something that, that rung in my head when I was watching a lot of the first half of the season, especially, was something uh, Ty said when we were doing our episode on Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story. Uh, she said that, like, you know, it was technically in season four, but it felt like, you know, that, that season three writing team, before they really hit their groove in the the modern, uh, well, not modern, yeah, the, post modern the early cancellation. 2000s production yeah. order. Yeah, the post-cancellation yeah. season. And I kind of got, like, feeling like this, because this was, um, the show aired the same year as uh, Family Guy season four, and you can really, like, feel that over the course of this season as this transitions from kind of rough and, and tumble to something more cohesive. I kind of hated the first episode, not going to lie. It wasn't a great yeah, episode. Sad. I will agree with you The, that. the thing I noticed yeah. about this season as someone who's seen later and episodes a lot more and is coming back to it is how, like, a lot of this cast, much like The Family Guy, perhaps even more so, is a work in progress. Like, I would say Stan and, to a slightly lesser extent, Francine and even Haley are all mostly the same, but I would say Steve and especially Roger and Klaus are radically different than their modern characters. Yes.
1: I I wrote that, too. I, I think that Steve and Klaus are the ones that are, like, the most different. I think Roger kind of they, they have a general... It's
2: uniform. just because he's missing his...
1: The costumes. Yeah, it's because he's missing the costumes.
2: Yeah, the personas, yeah. which are, like, the big defining Roger plot point. Yes. Um. We'll, we'll start with Steve first. Uh, the big thing is, it's not necessarily that his characterization is, although his characterization is different. It's also that his voice actor really hasn't figured out yeah. the voice or Steve. Scott it's a lot Rimes. deeper yeah. and more nasally than yeah. later episodes. And um, also,
1: Kim and Haley specifically, their animation feels a lot like... Kind of separate from the rest of the some of
2: some of the stuff in ep- animation yeah. in, in episode one felt cheaper than a lot of family yeah. guy stuff from I, this era. I,
0: I just wanted to cut in as uh, someone who doesn't know that much about the show. Like, I mean, I've seen a lot of it, but it was all like a hazy, sunburned fever dream. Um, what is it? Is that I I took in my notes? There were some characters that I hated, and it's funny that you mentioned that the characters that I really did not like. Um, were Steve and especially Klaus. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, they has no wrote, idea what to do with Klaus. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote Klaus is a comedic dead end. When uh, when he gets like fried or whatever, um, I was like, I just did a little cheer to myself because I was happy. <laughs> yeah,
1: he gets frozen in a block of ice. Yep. Not to give yes. away
0: too too much, but the the
2: big difference between Klaus as the show goes on is he gets, like, the horniness for Francine completely disappears, and yeah. his big thing is everyone makes fun of Klaus for being the fucking loser. Klaus is kind of oddly the Meg of the yeah. family, I would mm. say. It's, it's, it's funny, because instead of being a, a, a kind of a normal teenage girl...
1: You know what else makes uh, Klaus work better than Meg? Hmm. The fact well, it helps that, he's that
0: it's just... a fish and not a teenage girl.
1: And, I mean, obviously, like, the optics on it are better, but also what helps is that Klaus is legitimately a piece of shit. Yeah. 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 Like, more so than Meg could ever be.
0: Yeah. Steve,
2: I would say, is much like Haley uh, in more modern stuff. He's less the, the skeezy teenager and the sort of emotional core of the family. Like, he's, like, sort of a dumb innocent rather than the american pie caricature he is in right now which is a a vast improvement um so so yeah it's good to hear that at least you know the characters you didn't like are the ones that change radically and yeah yeah yeah, Because like if 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 you don't like stan well i guess i I guess the
1: and i mean I, i will say that stan evolves a little bit so far as that his you know his character right now is kind of like an idiot, and later he becomes a loser, but, like...
2: He's, he, less, he's also a lot less of a stick in the mud, I would yeah. say, in later well, seasons. Like, he's more willing to, to goof off. Um,
0: yeah,
1: I mean, or, and in the later seasons, when he is a stick in the mud, I think that they, the episode is drawing attention to it.
0: I just wanted to add uh, one thing that interested me about Roger, and I, you know, as the least knowledgeable, I still knew a lot about Roger's persona, and I, I enjoyed that you get this, you feel a lot more liberty with Roger's character because yeah. we, we've talked about how McFarlane is drawn to the fussy, uh, Queenie characters, you know? Like, I don't want to say gay explicitly, but like, you know, a very. Even though he
1: becomes that, yeah.
0: Roger yeah. is also very explicitly bisexual as the series goes on. Yeah. But and like that, that type of like fussy gay guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Stewie kind of had to like develop into that character, um, You know, Quagmires isn't gay, but he's like a similar archetype, and he had to develop into that too. Uh, It took them a while to introduce Herbert. Um, What is it? So you feel this liberty, like, straight from, you know, Go. They have this character who is, I don't want to say fully realized, but like fully understood as this queenie gay guy who's very particular and very uh, cosmopolitan. And no, I just think that it's very refreshing to see. I, I would say that Roger as, like, a default character is, is pretty
2: heavily defined. Like, he, 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 like, it's just that his personas add in a lot of different layers to the character. Um, whereas before, but anytime it's just, like, default Roger when he's not playing another character, this is basically how he acts. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I want to revisit something that Andy said earlier, which is that Francine kind of had to grow a bit. I, in my watch of this season, I thought they that they really like knew what they were doing with Francine pretty much from the start.
2: I guess so, but I think she's like, I don't know. I, I, it, it, she doesn't feel like like she does in later seasons. She, it's kind of like where where Lois was at this point in Family Guy, where it's like she's not fully conniving. Quite yet, but- although I, I do like one thing that they, they that's definitely different from Francine is that they at least try to establish her as consistently a good mother even if she is like a crazy psycho character. Whereas right. Lois, they well, just give up with that. I think it's it's interesting.
1: But I would make the argument that I, I never think I, I don't think Francine ever goes to that kind of level of unhinged that Lois is. I think that I think that Francine right now is like where Lois was at in maybe season three or four. You know, I, I think that mm. I think that they started from a stronger place with her and that they never like I think one of the strong suits about the characters in in this show, and you can even see it like starting in the season, is that they are less kind of wedded to the archetypes that the characters were built to represent than Family Guy is. And I think that that allows them to hit their characterization a lot earlier.
2: So I want to go back to Steve for just one second, because I I wanted to point something out, which is... Steve might not be great this season, but I would still say even at Steve, when this is Steve at its worst. He is way better than Chris
1: was at this oh, point. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, Haley is at least a character, which is not something you could say about Meg in the first couple seasons. Well,
2: see, that's that's the thing. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. Like Stan and Peter, I think, are pretty comparable. Francine and Lois are. Are Steve and Chris? I think are. I would and, and Roger and Stewie also, but I would say like Klaus is kind of the Meg and like Haley is kind of the Brian in a weird sort of yeah way, yeah I
1: could see that. I mean I don't think mm-hmm. that Klaus in the beginning is like really the Meg at all if only because Meg wasn't really no a no but in he the becomes of
0: G- yeah. the Meg. Of he's Men. very quagmire like
1: yeah he's kind this, of
0: yeah he's very quagmire. Yeah
2: he is he is not nearly well I mean he's still perverted but it's it's more he's a loser in later whereas is. Like, here, he's just, he's just annoying.
1: I mean, frankly, like, Klaus is kind of like the Joe, in a way, but... No, I, I see what you're saying. I think that Brian is, like, a much better analog for Haley, uh, and I think that Haley is a bit one-note in these early seasons, but I think that, like, that note yes. that they're trying to hit, they do it better with her than they do when they're hitting it with Brian.
2: Well, it's it's again. It get the show gets better when it's not just constrained by the formula of making fun of Bush era, right? Uh, American politics and and yeah. can be a lot more flexible. Uh, mm. Do I, I think that covers all of the main Smiths? Do you have anything to say about side characters this season? Uh, uh not
0: really.
1: Yeah, its supporting cast is never as strong as Family Guy, but I mean, you meet some of their neighbors, you meet Principal Lewis, you you get like Lewis a, is one... Lewis. Lewis is one of the best... For- oh, sorry. Lewis, no, you, yeah. you go. I was agreeing with you.
2: Well, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I I, don't know if I'd necessarily fully agree with that. I think it is probably fair, though, to say that, like, fam- American Dad has a better main cast, but um, uh, Family Guy has a better side cast. But yeah. I, I would still say fam- American Dad still has a strong side cast. Like, um, I like uh, Steve's friends. Like, I like yeah, Snot. Yeah, Toshi is character. amazing. Toshi's like- great. Um, he's the only one who feels kind of full-formed, Lewis yeah. is fantastic. Avery might be the best character Seth MacFarlane has ever came up with.
1: Yeah, I could he's just very fun because, like, and this is something also that I think we, we should touch on, even though we're going to, like, probably bring it up in other seasons, but just how, even if not accurate to, like, the actual goings-on of the CIA, like, how accurate to the purpose of the CIA this whole season is, like, the idea of just, it's a bunch of these amoral, like, you know, chest-beating... Mm-hmm. So like psychopaths who like Are just trying to make their lives As easy as possible by you know Overwhelming force And and Avery is a perfect
2: Except they see it as a jokey exaggeration If we were writing the show we would play it completely straight um, yeah.
1: I mean I, I think that's kind of why they have to move away from it Because like there are times here where it's like Yeah it's kind of an exaggeration But also like they are really like Pressing home the point that like This is an evil thing to be doing You know Yes. Yeah
2: and and that's still a thing in, in modern seasons, just a different extent.
1: To a degree. Um, I mean, I think even though they play with it a bit in, like, this first season, when they have to do CIA stuff, Stan is, like, a lot more of a superhero or, like, a James Bond in later seasons.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that'll about wrap it up for the first half of this. Uh, i I surprised—you wouldn't have—I wouldn't have believed you if you I said this, uh, if you told me this. <laughs> after watching the first episode but i am very excited to see where the show goes and i think it'll be fun to be uh, not be leading this podcast really anymore uh, for this yeah you're in the passenger seat
1: now bitch yeah. it's
0: also
2: nice to do this when we're doing it because it's always like like the way we're structuring it, The American Dad is like five to six seasons behind Family Guy, so we have like a nice like bit of gap where it's like we watch more modern McFarland on Family Guy and eventually Cleveland yeah. Show, but we can go more some of the classic stuff as American yeah. Dad goes on. So we get a nice sure. variety. It, it was,
1: Family Guy was getting a bit suffocating, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. only just because like the seasons are basically the same as the other seasons.
0: Yeah, it, it's becoming like a gelatinous blob of cutaways. Yeah. Um, So we're going to take a quick break as usual And when we come back um, We're going to talk about three episodes Good morning
2: USA I got a feeling that it's
0: gonna be a
2: wonderful day The sun in the sky has a smile on his face And he's shining a salute to the American race Oh boy it's well to say Good
0: morning, USA. And we're back. Uh, We're going to talk about three episodes this season. It's going to be refreshing to do, uh, you know, three episodes that I think are really meaty. Uh, The Family Guy episodes we've been going into recently don't have as much, you know, meat on their bones. And uh, with the exception of the ones where you wish they had a little less meat, like Seahorse Seashell Party. But, anyways, the first one we're going to talk about is, of course, the pilot. Um, It sucks. Uh,
2: Yeah, it does. It does. Do you want to do the plot synopsis? Because you're better than that than me. Um. Okay.
0: Um, plot of this is that, basically, um, oh, fuck, sorry. Ty, can you actually handle yeah. this one? Um, I, I have such little memory of American Dad that you'll have to do... Yeah,
1: I can since handle since it. Um, so, basically, we kind of get a view into the family. Stan, who's kind of, you know, the alpha male CIA man dad, uh, is basically trying to coach his nerdy son steve into asking out a cheerleader on a date because you know steve is a high school loser um it eventually goes a bit too far steve uh ends up getting his dad to help rig the school election for him to become class president and the cheerleader decides to date him because he has you know the power to radically change the school as all class presidents do uh and then he kind of goes mad with power uh, when she dumps him. And so that's, so the kind of the A plot of the thing is Stan and Francine uh, trying to grapple with, you know, Steve becoming the emperor of school. Uh, and then in the B plot, uh, Haley, who is in community college, is having trouble writing her papers uh Roger, the alien, has been forbidden from leaving the house because he's an alien and uh, from eating junk food because he's getting very heavy. Uh, he basically makes a deal with Haley where he says if Haley can get him junk food, he'll write uh, her papers for him. Or he'll he'll write her papers for her. And then uh, he eventually messes up because he gets too high on candy, uh, doesn't do one of the papers, and... And Haley basically says, no way, and then he kind of freaks out. Um, Oh, and also Steve gets an almost dead dog, and then Stan shoots the dog, and the dog's dead.
0: Yeah.
2: And then uh, they show the the, the dog to the professor, Haley's professor. They dig it out of the ground and use it as an excuse to get more time. Yes. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Okay, for starters, I wanted to say that the first thing I wrote uh, about this uh, episode is that it's very... um, very Colbert Report, like, yeah. um, and not in a good way. Yeah.
2: I I also wanted to, I had two things I want to say. One, I wanted something I wanted to say before we, uh, in the first part, which is, uh, first off, I just want to say American Dad's uh, opening is probably my favorite of the three. One of the best theme the songs is like, animated yeah,
1: adult cards.
2: it's, it's yeah. Good Morning USA is fantastic.
1: Um, you know what? I think I think
0: my favorite is probably Cleveland Show. I'm sorry, really? Cleveland Show is pretty good. Um, the second thing
2: I wanted to talk about, uh, well, but before is... we do that,
1: can I just also say something about the theme song? Uh, just so sure. like it doesn't get lost. What I think pushes it over the Cleveland Show for me is that they you can tell like they put attention into the details, like they have the newspaper gag at the beginning. And then later they have, like, Roger in a new costume, you know, is a new gag, every theme song. Which I think is just a really nice little touch that, like, shows that the writers are, like, you know, they care about their shit.
2: Cleveland Show might have a better theme
1: song,
0: but I like the intro of American Dad more.
1: Yeah, Um, agreed with that. uh,
0: Also also noteworthy for the American Dad speedrun meme, which was delightful for a while. Oh, yeah, that
2: was great. Uh, So the other thing I want to say about this episode is this episode's not great. I feel like the first scene in, like, the kitchen, particularly awful. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, a lot of the exp- like like, when Roger comes in talking about how Stan, he saves Stan's life at Area 51 to, like, as an introduction, I literally was just like, fuck you. No, Roger, you cannot borrow the car. You know, you think you'd be a little more grateful to the guy who saved your life at Area 51. Look, if my superiors at the CIA found out you were living here, we'd all have our memories erased. Did you see Memento? It's not as good the second time because it's like you can't like it's one like the all of the exposition in the really stuff. A lot of the dialogue felt really stilted. The the not like the the animation like I think the the scene of like Stan shooting the toaster because he's worried it might be like a bomb or something, and then like the family looking at him in shock and Haley going it's toast. That bit felt really poorly animated. Um, yeah there were
1: a couple times where the animation was a bit sloppy like Steve there was one there was one scene of like Steve like moving off screen kind of and like he was basically looked like gumby in terms of like his him being totally off model
2: yeah i I would say that like maybe not like overall I would say American dad like especially later on is probably a better animated show this episode yeah. feels worse than the family guy of this era um
0: hmm. yeah it's it's really rough um if we can do our little Seth MacFarlane auteurism, this is the only episode that Seth wrote this season, or had a yes. hand, like, I had a real hand in, right. and yeah. reading about how, like, the idea for the show was basically, you know, Bush gets elected, Seth MacFarlane's fucking pissed off, and it was like, damn, this shit sucks, let's make a show out of how this shit sucks, you can tell, because, like, every yeah. fucking joke this episode is like, son, we're conservatives, we like guns, and, uh, uh, hate abortion. Uh, but we liked murder because we're conservatives. And, uh The show gets so much better when it leaves the Bush era and doesn't
2: have just him as, a, as an easy punchline. Because that's yeah. what Bush yeah. is, the, the Republican Party. And look, you know, we're, we're fucking all communists on here. I think we can agree. We like making fun of the Republican Party. It's a good joke. But you got to put some work into it. You can't just say yeah. the Republican Party sucks for 24 minutes and have it work. I will say, uh, I forget if this was in this episode or the next episode, but the scene at the mall with Stan doing the fake robbery.
1: Uh, that is I think that's in this episode.
2: Yes. I, I thought that scene yeah. was really good. I think that was probably my like my, my the only scene in the episode yeah. that I really liked. I thought it was well, I thought it was charming um yeah and
1: this yeah. is this is something about american dad that i noticed is that i think their fight scenes are generally not as solid as family guys were even from the beginning but i think they put a lot more work into like their actual action set pieces yeah. like you see they, it with yeah. that you see it with the raccoon i i think like it is more of an action movie than family guy is later
2: on yeah. i think in like season four or five uh the episode with steve and the, the like feral cat uh it comes to mind you either know it or you don't um I think it's also worth noting. I think maybe part of the reason why uh, American Dad's fight scenes are worse is because, in general, because like Stan's a CIA guy and there's a lot of that. I feel like it has more fight scenes, so it can't like put as much effort as Family Guy does into its individual fight scenes. Yeah, I can Um, see that. It's it's a bit of quantity over. But I would say yes, they they do put work into a lot, and there's a lot more physical com. Like I think the physical comedy is better than in Family Guy because there's a lot of that. Yeah. the, yeah. the mall scene's... It, it, the mall scene feels like a very, like... This is a this is a joke you could write in for Stan's character even today.
0: Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, the, the physical comedy, it... From what I can think of, it doesn't feel... The physical comedy, it, it's strange because it's a lot more thoughtful than Family Guy's, almost. Like, Family Guy's physical comedy is, like, someone gets punched or someone gets shot with a gun. Um, yeah. This, like, obviously people get punched and shot, but, like, it feels... More character-driven physical comedy. Like, a lot of it comes from Stan just, like, leaning into how much of a psycho he is. Uh, Like, when he has to hunt down that squirrel, he just, like, goes berserk and it turns into, like, a big, you know, car chase. What is it? So, yeah, it, it, it's not necessarily funnier, I wouldn't say, or at least not yet, but it, it is definitely more clever.
2: And, uh, you know, obviously, I think it's also because, like, of who Stan is means it's it's easier for the writers to naturally flow into an action sequence instead of just putting it as, like, a cutaway. Um, yeah.
1: Which, and, and this is something kind of weird, too, that we probably should have said at the beginning. This season does have cutaways not nearly yes. as many as family guy does and eventually it will not have any cutaways
0: yeah we, and, and almost all the cutaways are like you know TV cutaways
2: yeah they're, they're like something you could get on like Simpsons of this era instead of like the absolutely absurdest cutaways the family guy goes for a lot of the time um yeah it does do the 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 more casual th- you, you know what it is it's like this show is more restrained, because Family Guy will often have multiple cutaways in, like, a main scene. Whereas this show only is like, no, you get one cutaway a scene. It's much more restrained about them.
0: Um, mm. Yeah, it, yeah. it's funny that uh, this show apparently, when it came out, got, like, especially the pilot, was like, this is a Family Guy ripoff, and it's like, you know, I thought the, for the pilot episode of this sucked, but no, it's not. It's blatantly not a Family Guy ripoff. It is trying
2: its hardest not to be Family Guy,
0: which I yeah. respect. Yeah, if anything, it could have stood to have more Family Guy in its DNA at this point.
1: Yeah, it kind of it feels like it's trying to separate itself from Family Guy, and that can make it weak sometimes.
0: It's, it, I think the difference between this and the later
2: American Dad is this, it's, it's trying to force Family Guy out of itself. It's like, no, don't write, like, there's notes on, like, the writer's desk being like, don't, like, Family Guy would do it this way, don't do it that way. Um, whereas in, natu- whereas in later seasons it flows a lot more naturally and it, it's basically, you know, as a show goes on, it forms its own identity more and more and yeah. you can really, but even in like the first season you can feel that it, it already sort of has that own identity.
1: Yeah. A lot more so than Family Guy did at the same time.
0: Uh, other than that, uh, I think we'll move on from this episode because it's just kind of not good, um, in a you know it, it, there are some like interesting things here but it, it's it's just really not worth dwelling on and I don't know it's just kind of a weak episode the next episode I'm scrolling up through the group DM just to it's
1: episode two threat levels
0: episode two threat levels okay um yeah. so I, I didn't really like this episode either but I would I would say it is better than the first the, the
1: pilot yeah. it's not
0: great but it's better I would... oh what about what about you Ty what do you think of this one
1: Yeah, um, I thought it was, again, not the best episode they've done, obviously, but what interested me about it, and I'll do the plot summary after it, is that much in the same way that I am interested in the more, you know, kind of lowest focused episodes in early Family Guy where they start building her identity more, this is one I feel like right out of the gate that really gives you a handle on Francine's character and, like, you know, who she is besides just, like, the wife character, which is something that I think they do with her ten times better than they did with early Lois. Uh, Mm. So the plot summary is basically uh, Stan from accidentally brings home from the CIA a deadly neurotoxin that is supposed to kill the family in 24 hours. Uh, So he and Steve and uh, Francine and Roger... Are all exposed to the virus, and then Haley comes in to visit, and in you know, an, a very, I think, little funny act of sibling rivalry, uh, Steve gives her the virus. Uh, it turns out, <laughs> just like by blowing into her air tube, um, yeah, which is very just funny, killing her. <laughs> yeah, basically, just just to piss her off, which I think is a nice little like sibling, like not realistic, but like you you know, the feeling is like real. Yeah. Um, So after it turns out the virus is inert, um, Francine kind of feels like she has not fulfilled much in her life, and she sees a real estate agent, and she's like, oh, I want to do real estate. So Stan uh, calls in the CIA strike team to kidnap the real estate agent and give Francine her desk. Uh, She turns out to be very, very good at it and starts earning more money than Stan does, which makes him feel emasculated. Uh, So he tries to get her to quit. Um, By, you know, firing her bosses And, you know, generally trying to harass her But she manages to hang on At the same time uh, Steve is trying to earn money For a game system Uh, He and his friends Originally have the plan to film porn But then that falls through Because they are going to film it In an empty lot that Francine Hasn't sold yet, uh, which Haley is using to house the homeless (laughs) Steve gets into making bum fights, which then Stan takes over and does infinitely better, basically turning it into a uh, homeless person version of the WWE. Uh, They go on strike, and he is forced to fight the biggest, toughest homeless guy who turns out to actually be an actor named, uh, what is it, Terry Fleischer, I think, or something along those lines. Um, Francine comes just in time to, like, stop him from getting killed. Um... But actually, we learned that uh, Steve and Haley just uh, paid the or homeless person to take a dive, and then the episode ends with Stan destroying the housing market four years before it happened in real life, and uh, Francine quitting real estate. Yeah, that joke felt
2: really interesting, and like, too, from, from the perspective of 2004, it's like, oh, wow, you really saw this coming and did nothing, didn't you, America? Um, yeah,
1: hmm. I mean. And I, it might have just been a coincidence to a degree, but it's like, it is funny how, like, literally, like, less than half a decade later, the housing market would implode. So, yeah. also
2: speaking of of things that have uh, aged, maybe not wet, that have aged. Uh, how do you feel about the Trump reoccurring Trump gag in this?
1: Um, it, I mean, obviously doesn't they even known, me but it hits it, different.
2: Yeah,
0: it's just it's just weird seeing like, oh yeah, yeah, they they didn't even know, couldn't have conceived it. One thing with this episode, I mentioned earlier how I, I pinned down the show as basically having the sort of Simpsonesque esque cleverness, but with Family Guy's sort of misanthropy, basically. Yeah, and twisted, I think that's best were, illustrated yeah, in values. the ending, um, what is it, the ending of this episode, where, uh, you know, normally they would have to engineer something in The Simpsons to get, like, Marge out of the realty market. In fact, there is an right. episode where Marge becomes a realtor. Um they have to engineer something in order for that to happen.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, in order to, you know, ensure, like, you know, restore balance to their relationship. In this one, uh, it seems like they're going to do that, you know, like, well, the housing market's crashed, so... And then it realized, you know, it's just Stan has not changed at all. He hasn't developed as a person. <laughs> yeah. He's still incredibly jealous of her. So, he engineered all of this from the sidelines, uh, which I thought was, like, kind of neat and... Uh, it's not done super well this episode, but I think like as time goes on, they really start to lean into that freedom. They get to be more mean as oh, it yeah. goes on. Oh yeah,
1: yeah for sure. S-
2: Stan's selfishness is probably his defining character trait.
1: No, I. Oh, and his conservatism, but that's the same thing. Am I right, guys? Uh
0: huh. No,
1: I mean, yeah. And frankly, it's not. There's not too too much to dig into this episode. Uh, it's kind of fucked up that. It revolves around you know the efficacy of uh, you know fights. making homeless people fight each other yeah which is uh, but really I I was just interested in it because like it shows from the start that they are willing to give a lot of characters in the family besides like the main two or three like an actual degree of agency that I think is separate from Family Guy's early seasons. I,
2: I also like how they uh, they handle the, uh, the 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 Roger reacting to the to the family dying.
1: <laughs> oh yeah i don't believe this we're all gonna die
2: yeah tough break can you hold this for me what the hell are you doing measuring for drapes as soon as you're dead i'm gonna completely redo this place i'm thinking something vibrant like a seafoam green oh because i'm gonna need
1: a, a lot of happy to get over all this
2: sad I, I think that's a cute moment for his character just like yeah no i'm just gonna redecorate the whole house if in mine
1: this also had one, I think, maybe my favorite joke of the series, which is when but when Steve points out the homeless guy that uh, Stan has to fight, and Stan asks what his name is, and Steve says, He doesn't have a name. What do you mean? He killed his own name. Which, I don't know, that really got me.
2: Oh, <laughs> I also think there's something interesting. Uh, this episode is the introduction of Greg and Terry. Like, they literally move across... As the neighbors, but it doesn't really do anything with them. Like as like it's not like like when Joe was introduced to Family Guy, they gave him a whole spotlight episode. They don't really do that, which is interesting because uh, Greg and Terry are the most prominent. Neighbors yeah, but I think I space.
1: think it's more like um, I don't think Greg and Terry were their Joe. I think Greg and Terry were, were more like their Seamus or their Herbert, which you know like kind of one-off characters or like you know background characters who became part of the supporting cast.
2: I don't know. I, I can see like, that.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I guess so. I, I, it's just I Yeah, that is true. It's just, you know, I I, I think I would have liked... The I think so, too, but what, I, what, I'm,
1: what I'm saying is you can see them as jokes, I think, easier than you can see them as characters. You know, oh, there's, you know, news reporters, but they're gay. I think that that is much more of a gag description, at least from, like, a starting point than, like, yeah. oh, you know, he's a hero cop, and we're going to build the episode around him. That's yeah.
0: true. Yeah, other than that, uh, oh, I will uh, sure. say... Oh, go on. Just Shout out to Haley for oh, yeah. unionizing her. the we stand a communist um, queen. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I want to add is that there are a couple of aspect ratio changes this season. Uh, it's not like you know the most mind blowing thing in the world, but it did kind of throw me because it was like, wait, what? But oh, okay. You know, it's, it's sort of a nice little uh, you know artsy flourish that I enjoy. I think it
2: makes sense because there was a lot of like '90s sports movies and action movies that did that a lot, so it made sense to reference it comedically. It was still like a popular trope at the time.
0: Uh, we're gonna move on to the last episode now. Uh, Spencer's you know, I,
2: episode. Um, uh,
0: I always pick the problematic episodes in American Dad. That stays true. Uh, Homeland and Security, and I really liked this episode. Actually, it's uh the plot is that basically um, Francine wants to throw a block party and is tired of Stan, you know, you know cavity searching everyone, and he agrees to be chill, and it goes well until they get new neighbors that are, are Iranian, and Stan Bob goes and like, Linda full Lyndon just like you know, basically starts starts brutally harassing them and eventually detains them in the back of their what is it in the back of their yard and eventually he ends up detaining the entire neighborhood in the back of the yard and francine who is just really pissed about this decides to take this to her advantage and turn it into a guantanamo themed party and it goes over very well uh, there's also a B-plot, what is it, where Roger is upset he doesn't have any magical powers, blah blah blah, it doesn't really go anywhere.
2: And well, and also, uh, Steve joins the not-Boy Scouts,
1: but it turns yeah. out
2: that all the other Boy Scouts are, like, fucking psychopaths. Yeah, they're, the like, military assholes.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're all about, like, smoking and stuff. So... It's also worth noting this is the episode that starts the uh, the golden jeweled shit, yes, which actually is, gets like a reoccurring subplot that you check into. It's incredible for like every once a season, every se- first couple for the first couple of seasons. So that will that will come back later on. Hmm. It's like a running yeah. theme of like uh the sort of a monkey spa type. Yeah, thing. and and they
1: um, they let you they show that you know they say the to be continued. and you think that's a joke, but it's like.
2: It is a joke, no, but also it is continue. yeah. It
1: is like a drama that is playing out in like the background of this car- cartoon, which is brilliant.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I want to add also that I, I'm not one who can meaningfully like say like does this episode go too far so to speak because right. I think it's pretty obvious to anyone with a brain that you know the joke here is how awful uh, Stan is and how yeah. racist he is. You know, it at the same time. And I, I really don't like to hold the worst possible interpretation of art against it. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Fight Club. I think that that movie's brilliant. And saying, oh, all these bros like it, you know, is bad to hold it against it. But there is, like, a little bit of indulgence here with Stan's racism. Like, they, I, I don't know. There's something about it that feels, like, vaguely uncomfortable. Yeah, like, they're, well, um, you know, having too much fun with, you know, making this hyper-racist guy. But it, it didn't it wasn't like a deal breaker, it was just something yeah, that was on my, my this
1: mind. This is this is something that we I think talked they're, about. They're
2: still playing it as like so exaggerated racism that like it ends up being funny instead of like psychotic. But uh, I think that's what they're going for. I'm not saying they necessarily succeed at that.
1: But and, and this is this is something we've also talked about with Family Guy to a degree where it's yes, obviously they recognize that, you know, the war on terror and, you know, Guantanamo Bay, which the entire episode is kind of like a long, you know, joke about basically build like it it is based around Guantanamo Bay at its very core but I think that something that we've talked about with Family Guy is that there is that kind of tension between like recognizing that it's bad and still wanting to be able to build humor out of these kind of racist concepts that I, I think is too alluring for them and Maybe not in the same way, Although
2: but I think yeah. I will give them credit. Uh, the the Iranian neighbors, they're they're perfectly nice, normal people. It's just they're Iranian, so at least they're not making fun of them. It's more Stan's treatment of them that they're poking fun at, which is a little more excusable. Um,
0: yeah. I I, uh, I I yeah. No. I I it's it's one of those things where I'm just like kind of overthinking for the sake of yeah. it. Um, I wasn't, like, appalled by this episode. I thought it was very funny, and it was one of my favorites of the season. I was just, like, kind of... For the show, we, like, tease out stuff that, like, kind of, like, those little threads that, like, you don't investigate too much. And I decided to do that here. What threw me at the end of this, and I don't know if it's good or not, but it is the hardest I have laughed at the show this season, is at the very end when they're talking to the iranian neighbors and uh what is it you oh know, yeah francine is like francine is like yeah you know i'm sorry uh our husband acts like this uh what is it you know you know it's just awful and he's like no they're like and they're like no we deal with it all the time you know and it's much better than our you know last neighbor he was black and then like that's the last you see of them but it's just like you legitimately get thrown by that
1: we've encountered people like him before you have oh sure But I gotta say, even though Stan's a
2: suspicious, xenophobic vigilante, he's still a hundred times better than our last neighbors. (laughs) They were black.
1: Yeah, there were a good number of fake-out gags, even in this episode, like, uh, the gag where, uh, Stan is pretending to be a gynecologist and he's, like, rooting through, you know, a a slit-shaped opening and pulls out a stick of gum and then it turns out he was going through Linda's purse and not, like, her, you know, vaginal cavity. Which that got me. Yeah.
2: I, I yeah. also think it's interesting that like um in this episode they that like Roger's befuddled that he does not have any powers when later on they not not to go into any specifics, you know, want to keep up some of the surprise or censor, but they, they establish him as having a bunch of different unique powers. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Uh and this is this is something actually that I wanted to jump on too where it's A lot of the Roger jokes this season, like, draw on the fact that he has alien biology. And I I don't think any of them really work super well until this one. Just because I I, I really, I have no idea why. I just, none of them really hit for me. Just like, we get it. He's an alien. He does weird alien things. It feels kind of like a cop-out to make that the only joke you make about him, you know?
0: I'm just saying, I think it's just
2: because they haven't really figured out what to do
0: with Roger yet. No, I'm for sure. I, I want to say, I loved the visual of him hooked up to that milking machine and just morbidly obese. It's, like, yeah. it's a good visual. Yeah, no, but, like, the, the, there's definitely sort of an air of, like, I, I, I guess it's, like, intentionally pastiche, but there's, like, a, it's kind of a phoned-in air with Roger's, like, alien stuff where it's, like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is my flaxel glam. It feels, like, very taken from Far Side type stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I... I think maybe, like, part of it is pastiche, and also part of it is just, like, they just, you know, oh, he's an alien, like, this is what alien stuff is, you pigs get it, you know, let's move on.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I agree with you, the alien biology stuff has worked, the first episode has, like, the puking gag a lot, where he's like, sorry, (laughs) I puke every seven hours, and it's like, just so boring, like, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Family Guy Ipecac joke, but worse. Like, Well, and it's also because they they, they they bring that, like, Roger
2: making weird stuff with his body later on, but it's never as forced as this initial stuff. I think it's just because yeah. they're, they're throwing stuff at the dartboard. Uh, so one thing that I wanted to talk about, with you, Spencer, specifically, is, um, you know, we talked a lot about in the early seasons how, like, Quahog doesn't really feel like a New England town a lot. You've lived in Virginia quite a bit. Now, not necessarily in the D.C. area, but, you know, you're you you you're, you're from Virginia. Would you say yeah. this, this show is at all a representative of what it's
0: like to live in either Virginia or the D.C. metro area? I've spent a decent amount of time in the D.C. area, and... Uh, kind of, like, some of the stuff where, when they actually go to D.C. in uh, Roger Codger, uh, that, you know, that definitely felt very D.C., it's been so long since i've been to the actual like washington dc though that i wouldn't be able to really weigh in on it it definitely doesn't feel very virginia though at least not the virginia i know i think because there's a very big like virginia is a weird place um and that it's like sort of three or four different states in one uh where like half of it you know you've got this area that's like you know i'm in like a, basically what's a college town You've got, you know, then all of this, like, area of, like, you know, basically countryside areas, uh, Appalachia and stuff. And then you've got, uh, you know, places like Arlington, which are basically just D.C. suburbs. And yeah. it's just, it's all just kind of, like, bundled together in one state. And it's the yeah. least homogenous state in the South, probably, huh. unless you count Florida. So it's just... And then and, and Texas. Well, I don't know if I count Texas. I mean, Texas it, is pretty much, yeah. But um,
2: I guess this is just for reiterating. Uh, I will also be asking this question when we, when, whenever we get to uh, Cleveland Show season one.
0: Yeah, that Cleveland oh, yeah, Show from feels a lot more Virginian. Okay, that'll be interesting. I think I think it because Mike Henry was a native Virginian for a while and hmm. went to school not far from me, and uh, yeah, so I, I feel like. I don't know if I want to do you know the Mike Henry auteurist analysis there thing but it it feels more authentically virginian.
2: Yeah, yeah well uh, as as someone who has never really been to Virginia outside of some time in the DAC suburbs on a vacation there as a kid. Um, Virginia kind of is interesting because you, like my perception of it is it's kind of a southern state but it's also very much an east coast state.
0: Yeah, it's it's like a, it's a weird like cross section of Kentucky and Boston, huh. um, with a little bit of like North Carolina thrown in there. It's it's it does yeah. not feel like a coherent state. Uh, we'll we'll talk about this more in the Cleveland Show episode, but it definitely feels less a piece with the rest of the South. Uh, I think that's gonna about do it though. Um, yeah, folks, thanks for else sticking else. with us in this. Oh, do you have anything to add, Ty?
1: No, I said I don't have anything else really. God, listen
0: thanks for sticking with us in our journey into uh, other McFarland projects uh we've got a a lot of American Dad to cover we've got a few seasons of Cleveland show yeah. to cover
2: and unlike Cleveland show, American Dad is also not finished, which means there will be a new season to cover when we get to to the modern stuff
0: yeah. yes, so uh we'll have a like content for the foreseeable future also correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I know American Dad is airing on TBS.
2: Did it fully switch to TBS and is it on Fox yeah. anymore? Yeah, I, I don't think it's on
1: that? Fox anymore. I, I think it switched to TBS like a season or two ago.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, it's fully TBS since 2014. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, that, I think that's going to do it. Next week, uh, we're honestly not sure what we're going to be doing. We may be doing Cleveland Show Season 1. We may be doing uh, Season 10.2. We really don't know at this point in time. Uh, by the time this episode's out, we'll probably know. We'll know, um, yeah. Uh But no, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Uh, I don't know how this episode's going to do, but, uh, you know, if you're listening, thank you so much for sticking with us as we... I don't want to say we're moving past being the Family Guy podcast. We are always going yeah. to be the Family Guy podcast.
1: We're a Seth podcast.
0: You know,
2: until Disney cancels it, there will always be more Family Guy, but...
1: yeah.
0: We're
2: moving into a new
0: era of the podcast. Yes, yeah. we are. We are. I think we're expanding. We are. Yes, that's a, yeah. that's a perfect way of putting it. We are the Family Guy podcast, and then some. Uh, we are
1: we are the Seth podcast, mostly Family Guy.
0: Yeah, but we were, we will always be uh, about those good old fashioned values. So thank you all for this joining us, um, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye. Before we log off, I want to say a big thank you to our three $10 a month donors, Chris Denmark, RT, Retweet Hatfield, and Samuel Garcia. Thank you guys so much for giving to the show. I hope everyone else is enjoying it, and we'll see you next time on Those Good Old Fashioned Values.